welcome to a post-Christmas Slamdango series with our very special guest, our patron saint, Frank Congelis. How you doing, Frank? Good. How are you guys? We're good. This is Sean. With me, as always, is Craig. How you doing, Craig? Hey, buddy. How's it going? Doing pretty good. Good. We are here once again, almost a year later, in the uh, world-famous Congelos Studios here in Wall, New Jersey. Here we are. Thank you for rolling out the red carpet to us again, Frank. Uh, it's great to be back here in beautiful Wall, New Jersey. Yeah, I can't believe it's been a year. Jeez. It, it has been. And... Uh, Excuse me while I get a drink here. Uh, we are here again with a special two-episode series with Frank. He's joined us, agreed to join us for two episodes, where we will be kind of stretching a little bit outside the box. As you remember, the last time we had Frank on the show, we kind of watched non-WWE Studios films. We watched Body Slam, Wrong oh, Side of Town, and was there a third one? It was just those two. Okay, those two. Thanks, Frank. And... Um, Wrong we were town was so bad. I just thought about it. God damn, I still love it. It's I a, mean, it's great, but terrible. So we are back with uh, watching some films that are made not by WWE Studios, but have wrestlers in them. And so Frank is our expert when we do this. Uh, we had uh, Dave on two weeks ago for Santa Slay. Oh, so we're kind of doing the special. I think Frank, uh, Craig, are this time of year, the January seasons we are... switch it up a little bit. Yeah, go we, outside uh, the box. Get out of the doldrums of the WWE Studios movies and branch out a little bit. Yeah, we want to see what the rest of the world's got going on yeah. when it comes to movies with wrestlers in them. So uh, we are going to be discussing this week the Amazon Studios film, The Wall which just came out uh, this past year, 2017, starring John Cena. And Is it starring John Cena? <laughs> John Cena and uh, the guy who played Frank. Kick-Ass? Besides Kick-Ass. I was Quicksilver? Hoping Quicksilver from Marvel, uh, The Avengers, and Age of Ultron 2. And he was in that last Godzilla movie. Oh, yeah, that's, that's right. right. Where yeah. he was, which was weird because it was him and Scarlet Witch, but they were brother and sister in Avengers and then lovers in Godzilla. <laughs> and they came out like within the same year. That's crazy. So that it, was, it, was kind of, it was kind of creepy. Wasn't that's there a creepy. movie with Kristen Stewart that that happened to? I feel like there was a movie that, I don't know. I don't probably, know. but yeah. okay. I also matter. think Kristen Stewart probably acts the same to her brothers and her lovers because she's just like, Hey, how's everything going? Hey, I'm a vampire. I just had a baby vampire. Yeah. Anyway, I will say the guy, this the the main this guy, main guy, yeah. Austin Taylor something or whatever his name is, uh, is a good actor. Like he acts really good in this movie, despite what we think of the movie. He does a good job with what he's supposed to he do. He carries this film. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, he has to because it's a cast of three people. It's basically a monologue. It's basically a ninety-minute monologue. Uh, more or less, yeah. Um, so yeah, so this is a very this is an interesting film. So if you haven't seen the film, this is a film that takes place in 2007 in Iraq. Uh, as the film says at the beginning, George W. Bush has done his infamous mission accomplished speech on the aircraft carrier, saying that major operations in Iraq have completed. Uh, and as we now know, ten uh, near now eleven years later. 
that was anything but the truth, that uh, major activity was still going on in Iraq. And Mission many, accomplished, right. Sean. And if President Bush says the war is over, then the war is over. Honestly, the war is not over until no. John Lennon and Yoko Ono sing a Christmas song. So um, We're screwed then, because yeah. that's never <laughs> happening again. It's not. So, yeah, so this is uh, an interesting film in the sense that this is kind of uh, taking place in post-major uh, combat uh, Iraq, and at the same time, kind of shedding light on the fact that uh, the soldiers that we had deployed in Iraq at this time were still facing very difficult challenges, and many of them were losing their lives in great numbers. So that's 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 the setting for this film. You know, got to keep that in mind as we as we dive into it. Uh, and as Frank and Craig said, this is a very small cast. Uh, it's John Cena this Taylor guy, and then the voice of a sniper. And that's it. That's it, right? It's, there's no some support personnel that come in towards the, the end. The last three minutes of yeah. the movie. Right. Otherwise, yeah. Yeah. There's other actors that don't move. They're just kind that's of true. laying down there's against a lot things of dead or bodies. cars. There's a lot yeah. of dead bodies. All I right. think they probably uh, recruited from people who played dead bodies on Law & Order, and that's how they got cast into this movie. That's probably yeah. a, good, a good thing. So let's dive into it. So okay. as we said, we start out with the title card letting us know that uh, George Bush has indicated that operations are over, and we have two snipers that are surveying uh, a, a location where there's been some oil pipe construction yeah. Uh, and they've been there for about 20 hours, and they've, they're there because the construction, equipment, uh, construction crew and the military personnel assigned to protect them have all been killed by a sniper. Yeah. So they're there to determine, has the sniper moved on? Is he still there? Um, and they've been there for 20 hours, haven't seen any activity, and they also are having a debate between themselves of whether the guy was a professional sniper or just a local, you know, Iraqi insurgent that was just got lucky, right? Yeah, because this is where the whole movie begins of showing how stupid these two soldiers are being portrayed. Yeah. So this is this is the very the first scene of the movie, and it's where you immediately go, "Oh, I don't like these two guys as much as I'm supposed to." Probably no, and they're already doing really stupid things. Yeah, they're being dumb. They're talking about their balls, and they're calling Iraqis hajis, which is like, I'm sure that's totally like what goes on, but it's also like, all right, I get it. I think in the first like two minutes they say hajis like twenty times, and you're like, all right, I get it. Like that's your term for the guys. Cool. It just, it, I don't know. Something about it, like, just put me off right from the that scene. Like, I was just like, no, okay, these guys kind of suck. Yeah, and they're having a, a debate among themselves whether they should leave or not. Mm -hmm. But none of this seems like true military protocol. And I know it's a movie. Yeah. But yeah. it's stupid decisions off the get, you know, right off the bat. Yeah, like, I would assume that they would have had to report to someone. Exactly. To be like, okay, now you can leave. And but, we yeah. quickly established that um, Isaac, whose name is Eyes, who's the lookout for John Cena as a sniper, right. has brought faulty equipment into the field. Yeah. For a very important job when it's a two-man squad. Well, and you don't really realize that for a while. Right. Like, while they're up there working fine, his scope is the, is well, the shit. Well, and it, yeah, it immediately starts to fog up. Yeah. And he, yeah, yeah. John Cena's like, why, why would you bring that with you? 
Yeah. And he's like, oh, it's something from my from the last guy. It's from Dean. Yeah. It's from Dean. Yeah. It's yeah. Dean's equipment. Dean Ambrose's equipment. And, and Dean Ambrose, Ambrose yeah. is dead yeah. at Dean this Ambrose. point. <laughs> Alright, so you guys have come out hot right out of the gate. Uh, clearly, you don't support our soldiers oh, uh, at all. Oh, that, that is you guys are not. against the war and also against the soldiers. I get it. I totally get it. Uh, <laughs> so, personally, I, I did not have that negative reaction to the soldiers that you did. I, I found them both to be very likable. I found them to be... Uh, I found them to be... Their portrayals to be authentic. Uh, and actually, believe it or not, I, I disagree. So completely, and so, we'll get we'll get to it. Sure, sure. Yeah. But uh, you know, based on uh, you know, I I know people that have served or have family members that have served in Afghanistan and Iraq, and based on conversations I've had with some of them, also some documentaries I've seen about uh, you know military personnel deployed in these areas, you know, I thought the 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 portrayals based on my experience seemed to be. We'll say within the wheelhouse. So yeah, no, what's I don't. Probably going on over. There. I don't think it's not. That's the thing, right? Like, I, I think it's probably it's close, right? It's probably in the ballpark, like yeah, you said. Right. But I also think they were trying really hard to like hit those notes that made it feel quote unquote authentic, and it just it felt a little weird. Like it felt like if this movie is supposed to be like. It, what it felt like to me, which was almost like a like an army propaganda movie, right? Like, oh, look at our boys getting uh, trying to get things done in this weird situation, and this guy's trying to kill them. And then it's like, yeah, but you kind of make them feel like assholes right off the bat. No, I don't think it was a propaganda yeah. film at all. This isn't Top Gun. No, no, no. But no, th- there's parts of it that kind of feel a little like it feels a little propaganda-ish, but for the wrong side. Okay. Uh, okay. I mean, I don't. I, we'll get there. Yeah, yeah we'll let's, get let's there. Keep going. All right, yeah. so let's go. So, uh, Cena makes the decision that he's going to break from uh, his position and he's going to go retrieve the radio of the fallen soldiers. Yeah. And they're going to get out of there. Because remember, they've been there. They've been sitting there just watching this area for twenty hours. Correct. And nothing has moved. They're, besides yeah, the wind. They're having a debate, and yeah. Cena's like, "I don't believe in Iraqi super snipers, so." I'm just going to go walk out into the open. Right. And also, even if he was a super sniper, would he just be wasting his time sitting here for the past 22 hours or whatever it was? Yeah. Like, not moving. And they determine that he's not because they can't see that the people that are killed within the trucks, the construction workers, and the, the security detail, none of the kills are headshots. Right. So the so eyes, Isaac says... He's a pro. These are all headshots. And John Cena's looking around and he says, no, they're not. So he's not a pro. Yeah. Which is like, I guess, but also professionals don't have to shoot you in the head. They can shoot you wherever they feel like so it. So yeah. I, I think I think the point here is is that um, trained snipers from, from things I've seen, they actually do it shoot yeah. to kill in the head. Yeah. So I think the debate there... Is probably legitimate in the sense that if these guys were shot in the neck or other vulnerable places on the human body, it could have been just that this was a group of insurgents that that surprised them with assault weapons or, you know. Yeah, and I think that's John Cena's take is that it was like four or five guys. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. and that's the debate that goes on. And the other guy's thing is, is like, no, listen, I think there's evidence here that these were all headshots and therefore, you know, this got to be trained 
professional sniper that's going to be yeah. executing these people. So, um, yeah, so as you mentioned, uh, this is where we find out that uh, the scope is faulty and it fogs up. Uh, while Cena is walking out and surveying the damage, because remember, they were up on a hilltop. They really couldn't see the damage to the bodies that well. Cena breaks away from the hill, starts looking at what's going on, and he notices now that all the all the people were, in fact, killed with headshots. And then, as this is going on, Cena is then shot himself. I believe it was in the leg, right? Yeah, he basically screams like, oh, no, shit, this is a professional. Right. After he gets up close, and then he gets shot. No, he actually gets shot in the gut. It was, like, right. it was like between his gut and maybe like his hip. It's, yeah. You, know, you it couldn't was, really tell. It right. was somewhere between like the bottom of his vest and the and his knees somewhere. In yeah, there. right. Um, the partner then goes to, uh, what the heck was it? Isaac, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. Isaac. And then Matthews is the name of Cena, right? Yeah, yeah. Shane Matthews. Shane and Isaac. Okay, Shane we'll Matthews it. sounds like a character from Boy Meets World. Uh, I think that was his name, wasn't okay. it? Okay, so it's oh, the grown-up grown version of Boy Meets World yeah. is, is the wall. Well, Mr. Basically. Matthews was the one that Sean lived with. <laughs> yes. yes. The teacher. Right. Um, so, yeah, so Isaac at this point then decides that he's going to go out and try and help Cena. He himself gets shot in the, in the knee. Which yeah. was, again, a very bad decision. Yeah. It's like, call it in, you know, yeah. get some backup. But no, exactly. he's, and he starts running in a zigzag. Well, did you think it was weird what? that they had to go down and get the other guy's radio? Like, yes. Uh, no, I, I didn't understand exactly uh, why. Yeah. So here's, what, here's my speculation. Okay. I think about this, right? So if I'm an Iraqi insurgent, right, and mm-hmm. I'm able to capture an American radio... Sure. I could probably then use that because it's probably pre-programmed with certain frequency information. Okay, but keep in mind here, these were not American soldiers. They were uh, trying to figure out who killed them. This was construction pipeline workers, and then they called in their security. Those weren't U.S. soldiers. They were basically mercenaries. And then the mercenaries called in the Army. And... What we so that makes sense to me what you said yeah but then it also doesn't because at the we already we find out later that the guy already has the radio call signs and all that stuff. Well, we didn't know that initially. No, we didn't. Right, right. so and, it makes sense. At and first. the military doesn't know that either. True. So they want to retrieve that radio. Cool. And yeah. but here's the thing: I think one of the things and. I think again this and this I think was is a failure of the film. I think the relationship between contract you know paramilitary contractors and, and the military should have been defined more clearly in this film because I think honestly at the end of the day even though they are private I believe they do operate on the same communication frequencies or have access or equipment Sure especially that, in because that they area, need to coordinate. I would assume that they're Cuz the chatting, United yeah. States got, the United States military was utilizing contract Military op- or military personnel to right. execute certain missions, so I think the communications equipment was probably a shared equipment, so that they could all be coordinated. Even though it's a private group, again, th- this is information that should have been in the film. Right. To this explain. is a, this is the big problem with the movie. Right. It's supposed to be like one moment in time. Right. And drops you in the middle of this moment. Sure. But then they rely on these other things to kind of make it make sense that they don't explain to you. Right. So you either end up not caring or being very confused. Uh, and I think that's like the main part of this whole movie that's bad. It's just like you're not really sure what's going on 
and then kind of nothing really happens, and then it's 90 minutes later. I mean, I, I think for me, watching this film, my brain was kind of filling in the gaps based yeah. on things yeah. that I've seen. Sure. And I think it made, because of that, I was on the surface uh, accepting it more at face value than you guys did. No, I was, but I was also like, it was, as we go on, it's it becomes boring. And as it becomes boring, then I start to think about all this shit, right? Like, if it would have yeah. kept up an interesting pace or an interesting uh, plot, I would have been like, oh, yeah, well, I don't care. That's fine. That makes sense. I can fill in those blanks. But since you're just going to let me sit here and think about whatever everything that's going on, I'm going to start to figure out why it doesn't make sense. Sure. But also, so as we're going on here, um, and Isaac runs out and gets shot in the knee, he also gets shot in his pack. A right. couple of times, That's so he's right. kind of running in a zigzag, and the guy hits him uh, a few times in what looked like near misses, and we find out later may or may not have been near no, misses. No, they, they might they have were been deliberate. Yeah, we find out about the yeah. deliberacy of those hits. Anyway, so uh, Cena's now laying out in the desert. He's kind of totally laying still, but communicating with Isaac, and because he wants to give the appearance that he's dead. Um. Oh, and he does for. A while. <laughs> right. Um, Isaac, at this point, uh, is able to get himself behind a wall, applies a tourniquet to himself, and also, if hopefully, Crystal asked this question, and because she didn't take advanced placement uh, first aid like I did in high school, uh, the, I don't know if you guys realize this. You had me. AP first aid? I did, yes. Oh. Um, the proper procedure when applying a tourniquet is that you always know the time in which it was done. So, because there's a certain amount of time that a limb can can be saved in a tourniquet. Right. So uh, they actually, if you notice, the tourniquet, they actually have a strap that they keep with them that he had. It's a pre-made tourniquet strap. Yeah, yeah. And they actually had a tag for him to write the time on. Uh, just a little piece of trivia. Do you know what you're supposed to do if you don't have access to a piece of paper or a piece of clothing to write the time on? Burn Inter- it into your flesh? No, you're actually oh. supposed to. So for Frank, if Frank was in an injury and I had to apply a tourniquet to Frank, I would actually have to uh, find a writing implement, a marker or something, or if I even use your own blood, and write T and the time on your forehead. That's what you're supposed to do. Huh. So uh, that way when uh, medical personnel see the body, that's an indicator right away that a tourniquet has been applied, and here's how long it's been applied or for. Or that he's in MS-13. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... <laughs> So, uh, so uh, Isaac applies the tourniquet to himself, and then he tries to radio for extraction. This is where he learns that the antenna on his radio has been damaged, so he can't communicate with the military. Um, he then uh, then digs out a hole in the wall to kind of position his scope to try and survey the scene and try and figure out where the sniper is shooting from. Because remember, they couldn't they couldn't figure it out. And while Cena was laying there, he was asking him questions about you know how long were the claps. You know, let's figure out the distance. This was interesting too. I hope I hope you guys appreciated this. You kind of yeah. learned some of the mathematics that goes into being a sniper and what these guys have to Very learn. vaguely, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that was little, cool. You don't really yeah. necessarily get that all the time. No, that was cool. So um, he rigs the scope up. He's communicating with uh, with Sino while he digs a bullet out of his knee, which was pretty rough to watch. A lot yeah. of a lot of pain. Yeah. Uh, and then this is where our John Cena goes dark for a lot of the film. He's yeah. Kind of, yeah he's so out. they're kind of yelling back and forth. They're actually communicating via their like close range radios, uh, and then Cena passes out. Right. So well, Cena's or, out of the or movie. dies or dies. Yeah, we don't, yeah, we we don't, don't know. Not sure. Well, that was also confusing to where he was hit because 
eyes was yelling to him to use your tourniquet. Right. And I but, assumed he was shot. Yeah, and you like, can in see the hip blood or, or like the in gut. his gut area. Yeah. Right. So Which I like, don't think you can apply a tourniquet to your gut. I don't think so either. No. I think you're right. <laughs> but I also don't know if Isaac really saw that, like, where he was yeah, going. Yeah, right. So at this point, uh, we then start to hear that there's some radio chatter over the local radio on Isaac's and yeah. it sounds like a guy, southern person, seems military, communicating, asking him all kinds of questions. Isaac gives him information, but then he asks him like a lot of weird questions. Yeah, there just seems to be like Isaac all of a sudden starts to become like very leery of this Especially guy. Asks him yeah. for his challenge code. Well, Which first he asked him to stand up and fire rounds into the air so he can find out exactly where he location, was. Right. And right at that point, yeah. as a well, viewer, so you're was, like, oh, so this guy is... that was the is... last thing that he asked him where he was like, yeah, no, fuck you. Yeah, yeah. Right. But in he the almost beginning, did it. he was yeah. kind of asking him, like, what's your challenge code? What's your call sign? All yeah. this shit. Right. Um, but little do we know, or we kind of figure out, that this guy's been listening to their shortwave radio the whole time. Right. So, like, he knows that he knows a lot more about them than he should. Exactly. And he knows how to kind of trick them a little bit. Right. And then also, too, you got to remember those two other batches of people that have been there. Yeah. So he learned, you know, a previous military group uh, chatter and information and also the uh, contractors that were there to put the piping in. Yeah, at the very least that we know that he's had contact with those people. So uh, at this point, uh, Isaac challenges the fact that this guy's legitimate and... The sniper admits that, yes, he is, in fact, Iraqi. Uh, yeah. He notices his accent with the way he says the word sergeant. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they then uh, start to communicate with one another where the sniper says, listen, I just let's, let's just be real with each other. I want to I get to know you. I want to talk. And it's interesting, the dynamic that kind of unfolds here in the sense that initially, you know, as we find out later in the film, he wants to talk because he's gathering information that he can use to lure other people in. But at the same time, initially it comes 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 across as maybe these are two professionals establishing a level of respect. And yeah, it it, it kind of seems like maybe this guy is just a weirdo. Like it, it does kind of come off as like he's an eccentric or he's a pro sniper and he's gonna kill him anyway. But he's kind of let's like pass the time a little bit or he's trying to trick him somehow. Right. Uh, but it kind of just turns into them talking. So, while this is going on, Isaac then tries to figure out the location of the sniper and the distance. He's doing a lot of mathematical calculations in the dirt, and then, you know, does some scratching on the rocks, while always trying to perpetuate the conversation behind this wall. Uh, and he's been shot, so he's in pain. He's very serious. And pain. he's dehydrated. And he also crushed his fingers in the wall. Yeah, right. yeah. So, yeah. He's, he's kind of all over the place, and kind of slipping in and out of... of not consciousness, but he's getting close to passing out and then coming back and then laying there and all that kind of shit. So the sniper then at this point says that, that uh, Isaac doesn't communicate with him. He will shoot Cena's face off. Matthew's right, face so off. that he can't have a, a funeral. open casket. Open, right. funeral, yeah. um, which is a pretty big threat. And given the fact that uh, Isaac and Matthews were very close, you know, he's going to want to do everything he can to avoid that from happening. Um. Clearly, the sniper has been, as we said before, listening into the chatter of of Matthews and Isaac because he asks Isaac about Dean and he wants to learn more about Dean. And uh, through this conversation, the sniper admits that he purposely hit his water bottle, his knee, and the antenna on the radio. 
uh, because number one, hitting him in the knee was near an important artery. He'd bleed it out by nightfall if he didn't get help. He took out the water so he'd be dehydrated and the radio so he couldn't communicate um, with with the back at base. Yeah, so from 800 yards away, he managed to hit three pinpoint accurate 1, 000, shots. In no, he thousand. said it was like 1,500 oh, yards. Okay. Well, yeah, 1,050 yeah. is what he said. Oh, well, 10, 1, I thought he said fifteen. Okay, so it's yeah, even yeah. more unbelievable Correct. than yeah. I thought it was. Yeah. yeah. Okay, got it. But you know what? I'll give him the benefit of the doubt on that. If there's a sniper that could hit a radio from 1,000 yards, there is maybe. Yeah, but there I, know, I know, but fine. Especially not an Iraqi sniper. Yeah, but Which, uh, you are you soldiers? challenging Iraqi snipers? Uh, uh, I, I've heard stories where U.S. soldiers have said the Iraqis during the war are incredibly inaccurate. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, okay. fair enough. Right. Uh, yeah, but well, I mean, just but, I'll give them that. But like, also, a thousand yards, yeah. fine. It just yeah. seems they're just making it seem like this guy is real good. So, like, but better than anyone should well, be. As we're about to find out, though, like uh, we learned through the conversation, right, that the wall. That it, uh, Isaac is up against was part of a school, supposedly, supposedly, and that the U.S. military has been trying to knock that wall down. And uh, the sniper saw this as a symbolic issue for him because he was a teacher in Baghdad. His, children, his students were killed uh, by uh, by a, a bombing run that had occurred. Um, and uh, there's kind of a mystique around this guy, the sniper, in the sense that there was rumors in the military about a uh, a sniper, Iraqi sniper that they called the Ghost, yeah. that was known for taking out and killing large groups of people. Um, so I think, you know, I, listen, I, I think saying what, what you just said, Frank, about how that, you know, actual military people were uh, saying that Iraqis were incredibly inaccurate and things like that, I think is very important. But at the same time, I think that helps build up. Kind the of fact the, that a school teacher learned how to shoot an antenna off a radio from a thousand yards away. Listen, that could have all been BS. He could have been a soldier in the Iraqi military the entire time, and it was just part of the shroud that he's trying to. Or it could have been BS, and he did it by accident. Like also like that's he missed, it. But he was just no, to... but we learn soon that he's very good at shooting people in the same spot on the knee. Yeah. Uh, so right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so fair. some other interesting things we learn is that the bullet he was shot with was a U.S. issued bullet. I believe it was a NATO round. Right, yeah. NATO round. And yeah. also they have a discussion about what price of equipment that the sniper is using. And I believe he admits to using an MK11 sniper, which I think sort of through the conversation was implying that he shouldn't have had access to that equipment. I think he said he liked it. And yeah. then Isaac was like, bullshit, you don't have that, that kind of thing. But I couldn't really pick up what the whole point of that was because they kind of like moved off it pretty quick into yeah. something else. But, yeah, they were going back and forth about it's, weapons. It, I, it seemed like they were trying to go for the fact that this guy maybe stole some NATO yeah. or we'll just say uh, coalition forces. Or it was yeah. provided to him because Isaac kept saying, like, we trained you and now you're shooting us in the back. Right. Yeah, so that's that's probably there was no resolution to this conversation. No, therefore, no, no, no. it's completely irrelevant. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, he keeps asking about um, about Dean and wants to know why this guy keeps enlisting in additional tours in Iraq. And why he, he keeps coming home, back? Yeah. And he won't go yeah. home. He's trying to dig in there. So clearly, now we're alerted to the fact that there's got to be something more to this Dean story. Um, he finds out that the family. Uh, Isaac's family was close to Dean's. He talks about how his father uh, had met Dean's son 
you know, a small child and they had met and the families had gotten close together. Uh, you know, you went to school with Dean's cousins and things like that. So they were so they were from a similar area of the country. Yeah, and he, he basically said he just felt like he couldn't go back because he let him get killed. And he didn't want to, like, live every day seeing all those people and looking right. them in the face. Um, at least that's his story for now. Right. Also, keep in mind, when we're talking about a wall, like, to a school building, this isn't, a, like, a wall. This is, like, a basically a pile of rocks. Yeah. Like, it's a wall made out of rocks with no mortar, no anything else. It's just, like, flat stones built into, like, a five-foot-high wall. Like, it's not anything it, crazy. It could have been, though, that this was a, a, a village, right? Oh, it sure. No, like no. a village school. So it could have been a school. Yeah, no, it definitely could have. I'm just saying, like, to when we say that, like, keep in mind, this isn't, like, oh, yeah, I gotcha. cinder blocks or something. Correct. It's just, like, an easily toppled, For sure. like, pile of stone. It, that's, that is important to know. Yeah. Which is weird. That, that does, like, I didn't think about it that much. But now that you're saying, like, they've been trying to tear down this wall... And the sniper won't let them, and we're like, it's a pile of fucking rocks. Go kick it, and it'll fall over. Well, which yeah. ends up happening. Which is what happens, yeah. yeah. So, like, it's like, that shouldn't have taken them that long. Like, I don't know. So Isaac, at this point, then decides to make a dummy out of his jacket, his helmet, and his rifle, and hold it up, like, a, on a stick to try and get the sniper to shoot. This part actually made me laugh, because I was like, that's fucking stupid. And... You see the sniper basically going, that's fucking stupid also. So, like, it doesn't work, and, no. the, like, it's kind of funny. Right. It was the last, last-ditch effort to yeah. try to find out exactly yeah. where he was. Right. Because at this point, he still has no, no idea. idea. No, he doesn't. Some, he has this, a, a very, like, broad idea. He like, thinks he, could he be, might be in that pile. Yeah, There's he like keeps three locations. Like, yeah. It's the place where the Iraqi flag is, Yeah, the con- shipping container that's stacked and has windows, and then right. the trash heap. And there's a trash heap, yeah. Right, it's one and of those can't, like, And there's two hear... trucks, too, somewhere, right? right. He yeah. keeps looking at these two trucks. Right, yeah. yeah. And he hears, like, certain noises so he can kind of gauge about yeah. how, like, like, through the radio. So he can kind of gauge kind of where he is, but he's trying to figure it out. Um, also, keep in mind, as we're talking about this, and we're telling you that they're having this conversation. It's not that much of a conversation. It's like the Iraqi guy, the Iraqi guy asking a question, Isaac going, "Fuck you, I'm not telling you that," and then the Iraqi guy asks, waiting like 30 seconds and asking him again. Yeah, he's and then like radio silence for 30 seconds, right. and then like Isaac saying something. It's like this pattern kind of happens over and over again, where it's like, "Tell me about Dean." Fuck you. Okay, if you don't tell me about Dean, I'm going to shoot your friend's face off. He's not nah, eat yeah. my balls. Like it's like it just keeps going over and over again. And he's like, yeah, this is where like the psychological torture comes in yeah, of Isaac. Yeah. And Isaac's answering the questions now too, but he this is where it's like very cringeworthy cuz mm-hmm. he's being tortured by the sniper. Yeah. And at the same time he's answering the questions Again, being like a parody of a U.S. soldier, using terms like "oh, just chilling like a villain behind this wall," "what's yeah. up, bro," wow. like, and he's talking like that, and you're just like, "oh, man, he's this man is threatening to kill your buddy," and well, I, you're, I, you're. I, I think the chilling like a villain was he was being a fucking it, dickhead. Yeah, but he, the he bro thing I think fit the character. Ugh. I know we all fucking have issues with people that say bro but there are people that well, legitimately use that guy, vernacular i like the iraqi guy saying bro yeah he was like, bro bro fuck you bro yeah, and yeah, i was yeah. like all right I kinda like so that. he was in the yeah. iraqi guy was in it. yeah um 
So diving back in, there's a sandstorm that, that kicks up immediately after he tries to lure him out with the dummy. <laughs> and uh, so uh, Isaac then uses the sandstorm to make a run to the fallen soldier that was a, a couple yards in front of the wall yeah. to get some of his uh, supplies that he had and also yeah, to retrieve the radio. and to see re- if he can get the radio or water or anything. Oh, right? yeah. Skittles. Skittles. Skittles, right. And he Taste does. He's, he's able to get that pack. He's able to get the radio. He brings it back to the wall. As he's getting back, the sniper starts shooting at him. The yeah. bullets hit parts of the wall that cause the wall to collapse. Yeah. So again, kind of uh, drawing attention to what you were saying, Craig, about how fragile the wall is. Yeah, like he's just shooting at the wall and it's, it's knocking it over. The wall. Oh, yeah. Yeah. huge chunks. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, wall. yeah. yeah. I mean, those yeah. are definitely high caliber rounds if it's doing that. Yeah. Um, he makes it back to the wall. As I said, the radio doesn't work. Uh, the noose and his actual scope that he's been using is even further damaged now. It's got actual cracks in the scope uh, lenses. Um, he's also noticing that there's something going on with the radio transmission now between him and the sniper. That there's something not right. Like it's almost cutting out or he's getting too far out of range or something. And yeah. he makes a quick comment to the sniper like, what's up with your radio? And the sniper doesn't acknowledge it. And shortly thereafter he realizes it's John Cena just tapping his button to say like, hey, I'm here. Because he didn't want to ch- come in on the radio to let the sniper yeah. know he was still alive. Yeah, yeah. And I also think he might not have been able to like really talk. Speak at that yeah, time, yeah, sure. Yeah. But he was letting Isaac know, like, hey, I'm still here, I'm alive. Yeah. And Isaac then begins to shift his focus to Cena, trying to get him behind the wall um, while trying to keep the sniper's attention away from him so that he could be successful in that. Okay, so this is where I had a question in sure. this movie. All right. One, but the main question of this movie. Mm-hmm. While this is going on, he's talking to the Iraqi guy through the radio, right. who's we've determined is about, let's say, a thousand yards away. Sure. And then he's yelling over the wall, like not into the radio. To Cena. To Cena. Right. Like, a thousand yards is far. It's three th- yeah. 300 feet. It's 300, it, no, it's, it's 3,000 feet. Well, that's what I meant, 3,000 feet. Uh, so, you know, fine. Oh, it's almost two thirds of a mile. Yeah, yeah, it's far. But there's no way that guy is hearing them. Like not like even no if way. it's silent, really. Okay. No way. Yeah, yeah no. Okay. Especially since like this, this is all going on during the sandstorm too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. we've almost determined at this point all that noise that Eyes was hearing in the background was the clanging of the trash. That's right. Yeah. That's so right. I'm sure that was still going on too because yeah. the sand was kicking. There was out. no way okay. that guy was okay, hearing. Okay, that's fair. Good. Yeah, good question. Um. So Cena's awake. He then is using a badge pin that he found of an Iraqi flag to kind of see what's going on. He's using it as He's a mirror it, right, to try and find the location like of the sniper himself so that he can maybe take a shot. Yeah. He's also using it to communicate with Isaac like, hey, I'm alive. Um, and he also starts to then begin crawling slowly to get his rifle yeah, so that like he can take a just, shot. Not even really crawling, like moving his arm out. Right. Super, like super slowly. An inch at a time until he can reach it. And Isaac even makes that comment to him like, hey, just super slow. Yeah. Go super slow. So um, while this is going on, um, Isaac admits to the sniper that he has Dean's scope because it was his fault that he uh, did not let Dean know the location of a sniper during the mission they were on together. Uh, so because of that, he felt he should use Dean's scope you know, and it was just a way of keeping on. Um, at this point, Cena has gotten his rifle. He's aimed up at the trash heap and ready. 
He takes some shots at the trash heap where he believes the sniper was. Turns out that he was wrong. He misses. And then he gets hit in the arm again by the sniper. He then begins to crawl to the wall where Isaac is behind. And then finally, the sniper issues a kill shot. Cena is dead. Yeah. So Cena's done. But Cena's basically been done the whole movie. More it's or like less. an open opening, like five to ten minutes, and then he lays there for an hour. Yeah. And then he wakes up to like it was slowly grab his gun and try to shoot and get shot. It right. was another it. stupid yeah. decision. Like well, he should have tried to get to the wall first, undercover, and then take right. a shot. Right, like right, right. discuss it, find well, out I, exactly I where he was. I think it was a last ditch effort. I don't think that he felt he could have made it to the wall. Barring anything. I also think Cena doesn't think he's going to live. Right. I think this was just trying to take the sniper out. Yeah. Maybe he lives, maybe he doesn't, but this at least guarantees the survival of Isaac yeah. at this point. Or that Isaac at least has a chance. Right. Because the right. problem, you got to remember, right? So we got two people with bleed out scenarios. Isaac has applied, successfully applied the tourniquet. He should be okay for a couple of more hours. Cena, on the other hand, you know, he's probably not going to make it until that point that happens where uh, there's been enough right. time where the central command radios in or comes and extracts them because they haven't heard back from them. Right, either. right. So I, I, I view that as a last ditch, like, do yeah, or die. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought, too. Like, yeah. Like, Cena was just like, well, I'm going to die, so let's try to kill Let's this just do dude. it. Yeah. So uh, at this point, Isaac admits that he, in fact, killed Dean through friendly fire. To the sniper, he admits it is the first time he's ever admitted to anybody. He's, he's lied like to everybody about it. And, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. very upset. Clearly, this is he's got some unresolved issues. Uh, pretty, this is a pretty serious admission. Um, he then takes the antenna that he found on the other pack, puts it on his radio, and he hears that the sniper has been this entire time communicating with command to keep them away uh, initially. Uh, the sniper keeps calling. Uh, so, and this is where Isaac kind of puts it together that the sniper then he switches in a dime. At this point, he hears them say things that keep them away, and then he kind of turns and says, "We need more people to come in. I need more, you know, backup. So come and get me." Yeah. Uh, so this is where Isaac puts it together that the sniper has been calling people to the location and killing them. So like luring them in into this trap. Right. So later that night, some time passes. It's kind of dusk. Um, it's closer, close to nightfall. Um, he kind of makes a tool to kind of r- throw out and get yeah. seen a sniper rifle. He's able to pull it into him. He sets up for a shot uh, while there's two choppers that are incoming to extract And he basically him. says, like, oh, you can't shoot me now because then they'll know where you are. So if you shoot me, the helicopters will see it. Right. And they'll see the flash. And they'll know where you are, so you can't fucking shoot me now. Right. So at this point, uh, he then knocks the wall down completely, so he has a full opens. And it also gives him some cover with the dust. Yeah. A guy with one working leg, like, barely can stand, and he just pushes it kind of hard, and it falls over. Well, just again, shitty wall, like you said. Um, While this happens, like I said, the wall falls. He gets some shots out. He thinks that he gets them because there's no return fire. Well, there was a shot. There was a return shot? Yeah, there you, was that's a how couple. We, that's he how he aimed. He only had one bullet because Cena fired three shots and was reloading, and he only got one back in the chamber. Right. Yeah. 
Then Isaac got the gun. Yeah. So he knew he only had one shot. So he pushed the wall down. He took aim. He saw a flash. Right. So the flash comes before the bang because right, right. he's so far away. Right. He immediately shoots at the flash, flash. and then... Nothing. He doesn't hear anything. Yeah. Right. Well, so he, he hears the bang, but yeah, yeah. then nothing happens. There's no second or third shot. Right. So he assumes he's and, got him. And yeah. he stands up. Like, he stands up so the helicopters can see him. Right. And basically closes his eyes and, like, squeezes him, basically, like, oh, I'm getting shot now. I might get shot. Right also, now. I thought that might have been a situation where he, if, if the guy was alive, they the helicopters could see the flash yes. and know where the guy was, too. So yeah. even if he died, they could take this guy out and it would be For over sure. with. But he definitely closed his eyes like, I'm going to die Correct. right now. Correct, yeah. for sure. Um, the, what it sends, happens is there's no return fire, as we said. So mm-hmm. we assume that the sniper is dead. The copters come in, they extract him, they get Cena's body. And while they're flying away, the sniper then begins to shoot and pick off the soldiers that were in the helicopter, causing a helicopter crash. Right. Because it's, it's in, you know, an open, like the door completely to the helicopter open, is open. It's like open. a... You know, like a medical transport in right. the army. Yeah, which is, see. again, another stupid decision in yeah. this movie because he's a thousand yards away. They put him on the helicopter after landing probably a hundred yards behind him. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, they're right on top of the trash heap. Yeah. Well, they were like, flying. Yeah, flying. But they flew in from the opposite direction. That's a good point. Yeah. That's a good point. It's like, what were they doing? Didn't think of that. Well, also, why didn't he say there's, the sniper's right there? Yeah. Well, he was he like, was watching. saying something. Yeah, but they, and they weren't couldn't hear him. The guy kept coming close, and he was talking about just be quiet. You gotta, yeah, you gotta get that was here. bugging me. It was like the guy got shot, and he's telling sure. you where the guy is. And we're also, him. I mean, I'm no military enthusiast. I've never been in the military. I don't know much about military protocol. But I don't think in Iraq to extract anyone, they bring in two helicopters and that's it. I mean, from my understanding, it's Humvees uh, and... There's a comment earlier in the film about he was trying to radio in and saying, we got to bring in the the big dogs, like, you got to come in heavily armed. He said, bring UAVs, bring whatever. You also got to remember, too, that the sniper had co-opted the communication. Mm -hmm. But I think it's protocol that they do bring in the Humvees and the UAVs to extract anybody. Right, okay. Uh, But I'm... Like I said, I'm. You're just a lover. My knowledge a, is very limited. It You're seems just a very lover, not an like expert. Vietnam. It's uh, yeah. It was yeah. like yeah, very platoonish. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, yeah. But again, they had no gun mounts on those. That's true. Helicopters. Well, we didn't see what was on the other chopper. Yeah. We only yeah, saw we that did. medical yeah, transport. Yeah. But yeah, and maybe that other copper just chopper just turns and fires and kills this dude. We don't know. Oh, there, well, we do I thought we saw there were two destroyed choppers at the end. I only saw one. Yeah, I only saw one. The, the sniper is definitely still alive. Right. Yeah. So, so that's, so that's the thing. We the sniper is alive. He took everybody out, and he we hear the last thing we hear before uh, the credits roll is the sniper's radioing in the helicopter uh, to get another batch of people to come back out yeah. to the trash heap. Yeah. So, uh, and that is the end of this film. That is ninety minutes, folks. Ninety minutes of like. Vague conversation and nothing really happening. And a and wind. All right, so before we dissect this, a couple pieces of trivia I want to share. Okay. So the director of this film has directed the following films. One of my favorite films in the past three years, too. Sw- Swingers. Edge of Tomorrow, yep. which is Frank's, the film you're referring to. Oh, that, that film is fantastic. I haven't watched it yet, but I own it. Yeah, actually. I need to watch uh, it. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. And, oh, I love that movie. And also two episodes of The O.C., uh, and and go. 
the film Go. Go is great. Uh, so all these great movies. Yeah, this guy's no joke. Two episodes of The OC and The Wall. Yeah. Well, hold on, hold on. Uh, um, we talked about Isaac and okay. Also, not the original ending to this film. Oh, original ending of the film was him getting away successfully. That that should have been the real ending of this film. So That's, the story that is, makes you feel better. The, yes. story, the story is that the film was completed. Uh, it had a premiere at a festival where there were ven- uh, vendors looking to buy the film. It was like a Sundance kind of thing, where yeah. they, people were viewing the films to make purchases for distribution. Was it at, like, West Point? I don't know. Okay. Uh, Amazon agreed to purchase the film. The director approached Amazon by saying, I have a different idea for an ending. Uh, so the film was premiered with the original ending. Right. He p- pitched the idea to Amazon for the new ending, which is the one that we saw. Amazon gave him the money to film it and do it, and that's what they released. So, very similar That's to what happened stupid. with uh, Paranormal Activity, in the sense that mm-hmm. the ending of Paranormal Activity that we all saw in the fi- in theater was not the one that everyone saw on the film circuit. And right. the story is, is that the ending of Paranormal Activity was actually put together by Steven Spielberg. I don't know if you guys knew that. Anyway, um, hmm. also, another thing I want to talk about is the writer of this film was military, but also is a playwright. So one of the things I said to Crystal immediately after watching this movie was, I felt that this could have been a play. Yeah. This yeah. was more of a play than a movie, that's for sure. sure. And I think, had it been a play, it probably would have, and it seems as though the public did not respond well to this film. It has very low rating on IMDb. Which it should. I didn't look at the Rotten Tomatoes rating, so I don't know what it was. But I'm, I'm going to do that now, because I want to know. I'm, I'm going to guess that if this had just been a play... I think it would have probably been well more better better received in the play world than it would have been in the movie world, uh, and that's that's maybe. But I'm almost wondering if, as a play, it would like to me. Parts of it felt like it was trying really hard and to be like making a statement or like being artsy in some way. Well, that would be the play um, part, right? But I almost wonder if you make it a play that pushes through even more and becomes like too much you know what i mean well play people have different standards true. than f- movie people so true, true, you know true. i mean i don't know how you guys are when it comes to plays but i've seen a lot of shitty plays in the past <laughs> 10 years uh, yeah and th- there's a threshold i think that playgoers especially when it comes to melodramatic that uh moviegoers are not so into that play people get more into uh, not to put down people that are into plays, uh, but just the, just an observation I've had. It didn't actually do that bad on Rotten Tomatoes. What is it? What do we Sixty-seven percent. Okay. That's that's better. And then the, the but the audience score is forty. Okay, the two. It's got two and a half stars out of five on IMDb. Yeah. So that's pretty low. I mean, so uh, so I guess final thoughts about this film. Uh, clearly, Frank. Oh wait, this guy also directed Born Ultimatum. Yes, I forgot about that, yeah. Damn. And he was the executive producer on the last Jason Bourne movie. Yeah. So, clearly you guys hated this film. I don't remember a movie I hated as much as this film. Wow. I hated it less than I was just bored by it. Like, okay. I just didn't like it. Okay. Like, I wouldn't... Yeah. No, I found... I found it very upsetting. It, this is not a movie I would recommend anyone to see. Okay. Because, like I said, it's the murder and torture, which continues after the movie ends, of U.S. soldiers in Iraq by a Iraqi insurgent super soldier school teacher. Now, this is not a propaganda film for 
the U.S. This is an Iraqi recruitment whoa, type whoa, movie. Whoa, I know whoa, it's, whoa. I, it's far-fetched, but... I can't. You I, could... I, it's, you, I could it's see insane. where you would feel that way. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's even more upsetting to me that the ending was now changed, as I learned, that sure. you just said. Sure, yeah. From just the maybe, you know, okay, you leave this movie feeling a little better than... You yeah. did during the middle like, of oh, it. Oh, he made it through all this. Sure. No, shit. no, he but survived. now this no, director, no. whose last movie I enjoyed thoroughly, was like, "No, I'm going to make this a war horror movie, and we're not even going to market it now as a horror movie. This is like we're going to ride the coattails of American Sniper and of those movies and try to get people to watch this." And it was just boring. Like, uh, yeah, ninety percent of the movie is nothing happening. Yeah, I did. it's so bad. Like, and, and here's the thing. I knew this was going to have, like, very little going on, right? It's just, oh, yeah. you know it's a guy behind a wall trying mm-hmm. to figure out where the sniper sure, is. Sure, yeah. But so I thought I was expecting more interesting or better dialogue, and it just wasn't all that great. No, we and got again, like no a fault of the actors, no fault of anything. Like, the guy who played the Iraqi sniper was pr- pretty good, yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah I thought so. This the the main character that plays Isaac. He's a he acts very well yeah, for very what he's competent. supposed to do. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah. Uh, I just didn't think the writing was there to carry this very far. Yeah, well, like I said, the writer himself is a playwright. I don't yeah. think he's written. It's got too many writing credits to his name uh, in the film industry. So, yeah. you know, it's probably a first time, maybe second time script that he's put together. Uh, I I didn't have any of the reactions that you you had uh, you guys had to this. I thought it was interesting. I thought it was suspenseful, as I didn't know what was going to happen or it didn't it didn't turn out well. Uh, I did definitely disagree with Frank's assessment that this was a Iraqi propaganda. Well, film. I'm not saying it was made with that intention, but it feels more. But like it that feels like that when, yeah, with I the ending. And so, I I am also interested in the thought process behind the changing of the ending. I. I Knowing that there was an original ending that ended happier, uh, I would. This is actually a film, believe it or not, where I actually would like to dive into the director's commentary and get the thought process behind this film you've, and you've learn seen, more. You've all seen Inglorious Bastards, right? Yeah, of yes. Course. You know, there's the Nazi film star who has the movie where he's a sniper. Yeah, right. It basically feels like that could be. This this could be the Iraqi version of that. I, well, I, this is based. <laughs> I mean, they used the term Juba. Yeah, as yeah. the sniper. That's true, yeah. And Juba, I mean, that's a real story from Iraq. Yeah. They don't know if it's true or not, or if it's just propaganda, Iraqi propaganda from the war. But, you know, there's been talks and I'm sure videos online mm-hmm. of Juba and, you know, what he did in the war. Like, oh, so, there, so there was actual real... Yeah, I mean, nobody go out and look for it, but I've read that there's videos online of Juba, you know... So he's kind of like his, an, an Iraqi folk hero yes. to the insurgent people. So, yeah. yeah, and then this guy goes out and makes a movie that's glorifying this. Okay, yeah. so that's, that's, inter- that's interesting context. And, yeah. I, and, and your comparison then to the film in Glorious Baxter's Craig makes more sense in right. that regard. So I, I didn't know any of that. With his- him winning at the end, it turned me into thinking, like, what, what? Like, I even wrote down, like, what's the point of this movie? Exactly. Well, yeah, it's a fair and question. I don't really get it. And that's a fair question. And again, with the change, I'd like to know more about the director's thought process. Yeah. And now, I also went at like went out of this movie thinking, why would John Cena, all American, does so much for the troops and sure, everyone sure, sure. make this film? But that makes sense now because he probably was not involved in any of that ending. 
Because no, he wouldn't have even had to show he, up for no. scenes. No, so now it makes sense. At first, I was, I was like, man, Cena, I respect what this guy does for the troops. Why would he do this? Like, my I respect get, is, like, a little less than it was for Cena going into this. But now it makes sense because he had nothing to do yeah, with it. Yeah, so that's a good point yeah. in the sense that here's a, here's a guy that signed up for a film, right? Yes. Who presents a certain image. Exactly. And, and it definitely has the principles behind being a supporter of American troops. And here's a situation where he went in expecting the film was going to be one way, and it was completely changed after its premiere. So he probably attended or participated in the premiere, and then it was changed the last minute. So, you know, I don't know that we'll ever know his real thoughts on the Switch, but it'd be interesting to to, to know exactly how he feels about the new ending. Yeah, here's another question, and I can't remember the answer to it. Now, WWE does a decent job of promoting movies that their wrestlers are in, whether it's studio films or not. I mean, studio films, they put more effort into. Was this ever mentioned more than once or twice on WWE? This did not get the same promotional push that other movies I'm thinking that somebody was not happy with this. I would imagine you're right. Either John Cena himself said, listen, do what you got to do to meet my requirements. Yeah. Or somebody at WWE said, listen, you know, this is not a... This is not what we thought it was going to be. That's interesting. So yeah. you don't have our support anymore. I'd like anymore. to know. Yeah. So like I said, I this is a film where if I could get my hands on a Blu-ray and there is director's commentary, I would absolutely want. And I haven't listened to director's commentary in a long time. It's I used it's something I used to do pretty regularly yeah. in college, and I stopped doing it. But this is a film I would like to. Tr- if there is a commentary, dive into it, listen to it, learn more about what the thought process was of changing it. And see if there's any other insight we yeah, can get. Yeah, because it just it doesn't make sense to me to make that ending. Like no, the, like no, unless you're trying to be like it was deeply upsetting. Yeah, I, it it's like awful. almost like he overthought himself into changing the ending. Yeah, because like yes, of course you're expecting him to live, so I get like maybe wanting to change it, but like why? Why, why? in this because type the end of, of movie? Of it, yeah. The, also, I feel like this movie would be better like a short, right? Well, yeah. again, again, you compress like it into like 30 minutes a play like I said it could have yeah. been, could have been a, one, a, a one act or two act play yeah. for sure for sure and it would have been in an hour or so yeah agreed alright so, sure. Agree. so uh, two two vehement hatreds from you guys uh, I, I, I would give it like three and a half stars out of at five and not even on a WWE scale like a oh. legitimate film scale Oof. I thought everybody oh. involved did a great job uh, I, I liked Crystal also really enjoyed it um I think it had potential to be sure. good. It yeah. just wasn't. That's fair. Yeah. And I, I, I think in our conversation here at the end, uh, Frank, especially the part that you, the, the, uh, the enlightenment you've brought to the ending change and the response of John Cena and potentially the WWE has actually shown some light in an area that I wasn't thinking about and I would like to learn more about. So it's something I'm going to try to explore. Maybe we can do a follow-up conversation at some point in the future about this uh, with what I find. Um, but nonetheless, uh, I think an interesting, I don't know. I, I, so you guys would say not for people to not watch this is what you're saying. I mean, if you like, no, now that you know all this stuff, go for it if you want. But I, I could think of a lot of better ways to spend 90 minutes, to be honest. Well, I would say that given the, the three different responses that we've all had, and the conversation we've had around this film, I would say it's almost. Inter- it would be interesting if you're a really yeah. see to watch this film and see where you fall. Do you, do, yeah. do you end up agreeing with Frank? Do you agree with yeah. Craig? Do you no, agree I, with me? I would say don't watch it. 
I would not even. Uh, this movie is zero out of five stars for me. Wow, if wow. you need to watch a war yeah. movie, I mean, there's better ways to spend your time. Yeah. Go watch yeah. Dunkirk. I don't watch um, a ton of war movies for that reason. Yeah. They're generally like bleak and on a, on a even if they're like impressive visually and they're interesting and yeah, a lot of times they're just so bleak that I don't really watch. Generally, watch them a ton, yeah. right? Besides, you know, the classic ones, but. Um, I think if you want to watch a war movie, there's better things to watch. I think if you want to watch a movie with John Cena in it, there's better things to watch. I think if there's a movie... like I can't think of what category you'd be like, that's what I'm interested in today, that this would be a good pick for you. You know? Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't give it zero, but... Maybe one? I, I can't like, recommend I can't anyone go, watch this yeah. movie. All right. Like, I'd rather Sorry. watch 12 Rounds 2. Oh, wow. Yeah. Not me. This I think this might go to the bottom of my list for our movie wow. to be done. That's really that's yeah. I'm surprised. I, just just felt like a waste of time. Okay. This one. It was yeah. It was boring in the middle. Yeah. The subject matter was very upsetting. And the yeah. resolution was even more if upsetting. If you find the beginning yeah, scene of them as I think they I think if you find the beginning scene of them two interacting like cute and fun then maybe you like this movie more, but it just didn't make me like I, I wasn't into it. No. It was fine, but like it wasn't it wasn't fun. Right. Yeah, you know. Right. Well I so. feel completely the complete opposite. If you hate uh, if you want like a if you want a reason to really hate Iraqi people uh, that then go even, for it. I didn't even pick I that. guess. I wasn't even feeling that way either. I but I know, but I think if you have that <laughs> that tendency uh, if you're of that ilk Okay. This is probably making me like, yeah, yeah. But it's like, like otherwise, I don't get. No, what I didn't. Doing. I didn't get that at all. I didn't it, feel it was very rah rah at all. They did like no, the opposite not. of Lone Survivor. I mean, I own that movie too. I haven't seen that. It. That was a movie where they. It was based on a true story, and right. this movie was not a, based on any sort of truth whatsoever. No, I don't think so. But Lone Survivor, it, it had kind of a bummer ending, and yeah. instead they changed it and made it into a very Hollywood third act. Yeah, right. And this, they turned it into just a giant piece of garbage. All right, guys, so uh, <laughs> let's put a pin in this one, and uh, we will be back in two weeks with our very, very, very special episode, uh, James Bond Spectre. So thank you, Frank, for joining us this week. Oh, my pleasure. We'll yeah. see you in two weeks with Spectre, and uh, as always, Craig, uh, go get your fucking shine box. Go get your fucking shine box, Sean. All right, see you all later. <laughs>